This is Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks, and welcome to my podcast series, The Voice of Leadership. Welcome to the show today, and please remember that I'm in the middle of a three-part series, so this is Divine GPS Part 2, The Danger of Missing Power. You already know that Divine GPS stands for Divine Guidance, Divine Provision, and Divine Steps. If you're missing any one part, as I've said before, you're likely to miss at least two parts and maybe even three. In today's show, I'm going to talk about what it looks like to miss the power dynamic. Also note that when the power is missing, some other things are missing also. So if you didn't listen to part one of GPS, go back to the last episode and listen to that one as well. And in that case, we see what was missing were the steps. So today's episode comes from Acts, the 19th chapter. And it's a story of what happens when we try to do things in our own strength and power outside of the power and provision of God. And just to give you a context, the Apostle Paul had been going around in the region and he had been healing people. He had been doing all kinds of wonderful miracles. And the disciples had, in general, they had been casting out demons and so on. So there were some individuals who were, you could call them in modern day language, Jewish exorcists of sorts. And we're going to talk about the sons of Sceva today. They were the sons of a man who was a chief priest of the Jews. And these seven sons, they had been watching Paul. They had been seeing how he was casting out demons. So they decided that they would do the same thing. And so they decided that they would just use the same words that Paul used to bring this evil spirit out of a man. So when they did that, they were in a situation, they were following guidance that had not specifically been given to them, had been given to Paul, and they were trying to engage in some actions or some steps without having received the guidance, and they had not received the power of God for what they're doing. And I want you to know, demons do have power. So we've got to be careful. If you're going into a demon-infested environment or a person where there is a demon, you certainly need to have the power of God in order to come out on the upside of the situation. So when they engaged in this behavior and they tried it, the evil spirit that was in the man said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? And what ended up happening is this man empowered with the demon spirit in him jumped on top of them, overpowered them, and had them running out of the house naked and bleeding. Now, this is not a funny story, but over the years, it has been funny to me just to imagine that here you are trying to do something like that, and you are chased out of the house naked and bleeding. Now, I want you to understand the reason why this was a problem 
was not because the sons of Sceva were Jewish. That was not a problem at all. All of the initial believers in Jesus as Messiah, they were all Jewish. Paul was Jewish. The problem was that they had not believed in Jesus as Messiah. They didn't have a relationship with him, and therefore they were not empowered to engage in the acts that they were engaging in. So they had not really magnified the Messiah of God, and that's where the challenge came in. As a result of this incident, which were traveled around about how this demon had jumped out and, and attacked them and how they had to run out of the house naked and bleeding. As a result of that story gaining traction and, and being told everywhere, people started confessing their sins and they started repenting and they started coming to God in great numbers. And in fact, some people had been practicing magic and the magic arts. They brought all of their magic books in that were worth all kinds of money. And they started burning those books of magical incantation. And so the word of God grew and increased in that place. Now, in the case of Paul, Paul was operating in so much great power as an apostle of God that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched his body, if they were sent to other people and used on those other people, they were healed of various diseases and illnesses. And if you think about our somewhat modern day times, there have been people who have wanted to send prayer cloths and other devices like that in the mail. And that wasn't necessarily the guidance that God gave them. So whether those devices had any power in them or not is questionable. But in Paul's case, this is how God was choosing to work through him at the time. So the point is this. When you think about yourself as an executive in the workplace, you want to remember to, first of all, follow the basic and initial guidance first. So the first guidance, the initial guidance is make sure that you have a vibrant and alive relationship with God and with his chosen Messiah. So do the first things that God said to do first, because if you don't do that, nothing else is going to line up. Nothing else is going to be in place. Also remember that your workplace ministry is unique. So you want to find out what God's specific guidance is for you in your life and in your workplace ministry. Some things apply to all of us. Clearly, like the relationship with God and his chosen Messiah, that applies to all of us. However, the specifics about what to do in your workplace, they may vary from person to person. So you can't just imitate your neighbor and do what God is saying for your neighbor to do. And sometimes people will look over and they'll say, oh, I see this person is being blessed in their workplace and this is what they're doing and this is what's happening over there. When God hasn't spoken to you in that way, he hasn't called you to do what that person is doing or to have those results. So you don't wanna find yourself in a position of the seven sons of Sceva, just imitating something that's not your direction in this case. The power source comes through the relationship with the one who has the power. This is not about knowing some special words to say, having a magical incantation, and then just saying those words in the situation and expecting results. That's not what it's about at all. It's about the vibrant relationship with the God who is the power source. So the real question is, do you know him? Do you know the God 
who is the source of all power? Do you know the one who he's invested all power and authority in, which is the Messiah? So keep that in mind and think about it in your workplace. Don't move forward absent the power of God. And remember in a much earlier episode when we were talking about divine power, we talked about how the disciples had to wait until the day of Pentecost before they could fulfill the mission which they had been given to go out into all the world. They had to wait in Jerusalem until they got the power from God first. I want to remind you that I am still conducting interviews with corporate executives who are Christian leaders in mid-sized to large-sized companies about your leadership journey, what you have learned along the way, the challenges that you're facing now, and aspirations that you have. These interviews take 30 minutes, so not a huge amount of time. If you would like to participate and then receive a copy of the report that I will write with all the findings from the interviews, then please contact me at Dr. Karen, D-R period, K-A-R-E-N at transleadership.com. Also remember that this is part two of the three-part series. So join me next episode when I'll also be talking about what happens when the guidance is missing out of the three-part GPS equation. So as we close out today's segment, I want to read the scriptures from Acts, the 19th chapter, verses 11 through 20. And this is really the story that I've been telling, but you'll see how the Bible just describes the story in its own words. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. And it says, now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the diseases left them, and the evil spirits went out of them. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits, saying, We exorcise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. And Paul I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. This became known both to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified, and many who had believed came confessing and telling their deeds. Also, many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. That's a lot of magic they were practicing. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. So I pray that the word of the Lord will grow mightily in you and prevail in you and in your workplace. You've been listening to The Voice of Leadership with me, Dr. Karen Wilson-Starks. 
And I want to give a special thanks to jazz saxophonist Ron McMillan for granting us permission to use his gifted music on our show. Thanks for listening. And remember to go to my website, transleadership.com, for more strategies, insights, and leadership resources.